Praise the Lord. That's important. You know, we, we're never supposed to lie, especially in God's house. So you got the truth there. You're looking great, looking great. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for joining in and being a part of that uh, personal shot there of the church. And I thank God for the series we've been going through, Raising Legends. We've had opportunities where that folks have shared from different generations and setting and sharing their testimony, sharing a word, a time of opportunity, and even someone who didn't get a chance to share because the Holy Spirit moved in a worship service and Noah didn't get a chance to preach on that Sunday. But God has called us to raise, that we are to raise legends, that we're raising legends. And thank you, everyone, who wore your T-shirts, too. And I, and I pray that this will continue to be in your heart and your mind of raising legends of our responsibility in God's kingdom. Not only that, what, what we have is so great, you just can't keep it to yourself. What, what we have in God is so great that we just can't keep it to ourselves. So God wants us to share and to raise up. He's called us to raise, not to tear down. He's called us to raise up people, even the very worst of sinners in the world. God has called us to raise them up and not to tear them down. He's called us to give them away rather than a statement of judgment and condemnation. He's, he's called us to share and to give them opportunity knowing that where we came from, surely God will also forgive them for where they're at. How many here know what the mercy of God is? Oh, daily he loads me with his mercies. Daily, daily he works with me. And I got to tell you, God has a full-time job with me. Do you, do you feel that way about yourself? God has a full-time job with you? Oh, my goodness. And it takes more than the love of mama. It takes the love of God. And his love is far-reaching and greater beyond what we could possibly imagine. But in this series of Raising Legends, and today we're going to cap it off, but in this series, this is Father's Day, and I want to wish every father in this room a very happy Father's Day all day long. I've been blessed all weekend long, but all day long celebrate, Dad. You've, you're here. You've made it. You are who you are, and God has greatly formed you and made you into a daddy into a father you go on and live out that life live out that position don't let the world make you question who you are and what your purpose is do not let the world diminish who you are men you are mighty men of God called of God and you are called by the Lord to raise up those children and to lead that household and to be that priest you're called to be a prophet uh, and you're called to be a king and you're called to be a priest within your home a prophet that shares the word of God and teaches the ways and the principles of the Lord God in his word and through his word you're a king that you declare as Joshua did, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And you're a high priest in your home, that your home is led and sanctified daily through prayer and worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what, Daddy, you're something special. And you need to accept that and receive that and praise God 
for it. And those of you who don't have children, you do have children. Those of you who do not have biological children, you have uh, sons, you have sons and daughters that look up to you and need a wise word from you and a testimony from your life. They're watching you. Men, they are watching you. And so God will give you the power to be the example and to be the man of God. God has called you to be. Amen. If you're near a daddy, will you please pat him on the back and say, good job, good job. You're doing a good job. Hallelujah. Raising legends. Today I'd like to share and share with you not your average daddy. Not your average daddy. I thought about it. I thought, you know, I've got to have a message, a title for Father's Day, but somehow I couldn't get away from it. It's not because I love the, the, the chips and the cheese and the peppers and the sauce and the nachos itself, but actually it is, this is not, uh, there's not a better spicy title than Nacho Average Daddy. And if anything, if you're eating nachos, and how many here eat nachos? Raise your hands. Every time, Dad, you eat a nacho and nacho chips I want you to remember this message today that you are not your average daddy you are not your average daddy through Jesus Christ our Lord let's pray father in the name of Jesus Christ we solely depend on you God we want to hear from you Lord we want the Holy Spirit to take his uh, his will and his way in this message and in this moment inspire lord instruct us all the men in this room god lord help me lord to somehow in some weak way god be able to share your power your anointing your presence speak through me father i ask you in jesus name amen and amen now not so average daddy it's 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 really you think my goodness how in the world could I measure up to that you know how in the world could I actually measure up to that kind of title well we know that uh, we know that our heavenly father is not your average daddy and because he's not your average daddy then his patience and kindness it just what he does never runs out he's the greatest example of a not your average daddy because his, number one, his patience and kindness never runs out. If you ever felt like uh, you've used up whatever patience and kindness um, uh, your dad once had, maybe you lived a riotous life and a terrible life and a rebellious life, uh, but you don't have to worry about uh, overextending your heavenly father. God saw us where we were. He loved us while we were in sin. He cared for us. He reached out to us. If you think that you had a whole lot to do with your salvation, you're sadly mistaken. God saw our mess and loved us even though we we were a mess. God says you're not too complicated. You may be an ogre with many layers as an onion and have so many problems like Shrek said, but with God it doesn't matter because your God will take care of every layer. Your God will begin to dissect you and help you and recreate you, praise God, because he's not your average daddy. 
And because he's that away, we've got somebody to follow after. We've got someone to look after and know he's the example. He's the way. In Psalm 103, 17 says, From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. His righteousness with his children's children. Psalm 108 says about our God, he says, For he is good and his love endures forever that means not only that God's patience and kindness never wears out but that God's ability to forgive us never wanes either because in Psalm 103 and 12 the Bible says as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us that means your heavenly father also never holds a grudge or brings up your past Aren't you glad that God forgives us and he cleanses us and justifies us just as if we have never, ever done that sin? He doesn't bring up your past. You ever had someone just constantly always bring up your past? If you find someone on this planet like that, we know who their father is. Their father is the devil. Because uh, he's the accuser. He's the one that puts down. But aren't you glad that your God, our God, our uh, daddy God went and reached down and forgave us and redeemed us and gave us a love beyond description, beyond understanding. Oh, let me tell you, I don't know why he even loves me today, but he loves me. And I'll claim that promise every time that the devil comes to come messing with me. I'll tell the devil you hate me but there is one who loves me who did love me when I was in sin and loves me today and will forever love me why is God not your average daddy is because he's always approachable Hebrews 4 and 16 says draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need He's not your average daddy because he's always approachable. He's not your average daddy because you will never have to earn his love. You may have felt maybe in your life that you've had to earn your father's love here on earth and respect by accomplishing great things and making proud of you. I've met grown men. I've met men in their 40s and 50s still trying to get their father's approval, trying to make them feel good by what they can do and what they can achieve. But I want you to know, your heavenly father, you're not so average daddy loves you so much uh, that you don't have to win his approval you've got his approval you have his love I want to speak to the men here in this room there are men in this room that no doubt some of you have not had the proper and right relationship with your dad maybe you didn't even have your dad around when you were growing up uh, there's a sufficiency when it comes down to earth's uh, fullness hear me there's a sufficiency when it comes down to earth uh, and earthly living fullness uh, because we're always coming up shy and coming up short when it comes down to humanity and the things of this world but there is a heavenly father that loves you and says
is now you can follow me. You can rely on me. You don't have to impress me. I know your mess. I know your failures. I know your flaws. But I love you just the same. And he'll say, son, I'm proud of you. I care for you. I will minister in your life. Somebody ought to praise God for a father just like him. That He's not your average daddy. He's not your average daddy. And, you know, even in Romans 5, 8, it says God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, he's not your average daddy because you'll never blow it enough to lose his love. There's nothing you can do that's going to stop God's love for you. That's kind of hard to figure out, you know. I mean, we can do some pretty bad stuff, and we have done some pretty bad things. But it doesn't, it doesn't change the love of God that he has for you. And that that love, no matter what you do, he will love you. Since there's nothing you could do to earn your heavenly father's love, there's nothing you can do to lose it. In Romans 8, 38, 39 tells us, Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are some people say, well, preacher, you preaching that you're always in grace? No, I'm preaching about the love of the Father. I'm preaching about one who's not going to reject you and turn you down. I'm preaching about someone who is the greatest example for every man in this room to be not your average daddy. He has our very best in mind. He has it all good for us. For the Bible says in Romans 8.32 that he who did not spare his own son but also gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Your God will provide for you. Your God is able. And God is the perfect example to follow if you personally want to claim the title not your average daddy. Now, daddy is a, it's a, it's a very special title. It's a word created by baby talk. It, it, it has no origin except that a baby got it started. I'll never forget when my son was a little baby and started to talk or trying to talk. His mother-in-law worked on him so much to... Uh, not now my mother-in-law not his I, I'm preaching too far ahead there my mother-in-law his his mamaw tried so hard to get him to say something besides daddy well he hadn't said anything yet he was just making some man you know noises and such so she was set and getting to start doing mm, Mm, and I sat there, I'll never forget. Mm, and, and, and Michael would go, mm, he's really, mm, that's right. And, and Wilma would say, well, that's right, Micah, that's right. And I'd go, mm, mm, and she thought, I'm going to get Mamma out of him before he ever says daddy. And so I sat there, and she, she just went on saying, mm, Mamma, Mamma, Mamma. I mean, I almost got brainwashed. I almost said it. But Mamma, 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 Mamma. And Michael went, mm, And then all of a sudden, he had never spoken. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there. He went, mm, Dad. 
I said, take that, woman. Uh-huh. I laughed. I'll never forget it. He went, mm, da. Then it went, da, da. I felt like saying, da, 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 you know. <laughs> They're coming out of just the, the, the mouth of the babe. The mouth of the babe saying, daddy, a word that is so special that daddy, daddy. I, it still affects me with me having grown children and my grown daughter will call me daddy. It still does, it does something to me because it's not like, hey, you, the head of the house that raised me and fed me for so many years. You, non-birthing unit. That's, you know, that's the world. You know, the world will claim women now as being a birthing person. Guys, I don't even know where we even rate in that. We're, not, we're a non-birthing person. Non. We're non. No, we're, you're not a non. You are vital. You are vital. The world may want to try and re, or shall I say, deconstruct the family so that they can rebrand it and rename it and change it. But I will tell you, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That in the book of Genesis, God created man and woman. And through man and woman became a child who was born because of man and woman. And at the very beginning, daddy came around. Daddy is important. Daddy is vital. I don't care how they want to change the family unit around and switch it all around. My God sees one way. My God knows one way. My God understands one way. And it's not because he has narrow vision. It's because his word is so powerful that what he says is the way it is. Praise God. But here in daddy, daddy is a word just evolved from babies. It doesn't really have an origin. It's just kind of created, evolved. Daddy, daddy. In Mark, six, uh, Mark 14 and 36, Jesus is in the garden. He's about ready to face the cross. He's in agony and he's crying. He's praying, praying to the Father. He's searching for someone who's going to understand. He's searching for someone who really sees what's going to happen and has to happen. His disciples were asleep. They couldn't quite understand it. Let me tell you, there are times in our life, there are people who say they know us, but they don't know us. There are people who say that I'm your friend, but you go and post something, they don't want to give a comment back. They're a friend, they're a friend, they're there during good times, but never during bad times. And when you're facing something that's beyond imagination, you can't seem to get the rationale or reason through it. Maybe you're grieving in your heart and you're hurting. As Jesus was grieving at Gethsemane there in the garden, crying and praying, he cried out, the Bible says in Mark 14 and 16, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Now, all things are possible. Then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But I want to hang on to that phrase. He was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. He knew his father. 
He knew he was daddy God when he cried out, Abba, in the Aramaic, a baby crying out, Dada or Daddy. It was an intimate, personal title, Abba, Father. You can do all things. You can do all things. But nevertheless, not my will. Let this pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He had a confidence. He knew his God, his Father, his Daddy could do everything all things but yet he yielded to the plan for you and I he yielded in the process of love and the sacrifice for you and I he cried Abba Abba in the definition of Abba that's another word too that really has its origins by baby talk that Abba means two things in Aramaic it has a two parts to its definition the first part is the part is intimacy so much love that you want to grow up and be just just your daddy. You know, we just want, you know, guys, let me tell you, your children want you to be daddy. They want you to be daddy. Even when they're out on their own, they still want daddy. Daddy's there. Daddy, that, that intimacy, that closeness. Be there for them and ready. Even while they're living on their own, they still, they're going to need Daddy. They're going to need that intimacy there, that closeness there, that daddy, that feeling intimacy it brings when it's personal with that daddy. Then the second part of that word has another, another part of, that pertains to definition to it is obedience. Obedience, not only are you intimate with daddy, but you're obedient to daddy. It's a respect level. Parents, dads, you know the greatest things you can do or the greatest thing that ever happened to you and reward is see your son or your daughter follow out the things that you have said and hear them, hear them even repeat those things even to their children and to see them what honor and greatness there is there because not only do they call you daddy, they listen to what you had to say. And they're obedient to what the way that you train them. So Jesus is saying, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, because he's intimate and close with the Heavenly Father, but then he's also obedient and respectful to the Heavenly Father. In scriptures, there's many names that are used to describe God. While all the names of God are important in many ways, the name Abba, Father, is the most significant names of God in understanding how he relates to people. The word Abba is an Aramaic word that mostly is closely translated as daddy. It was a common term that young children would use to address their fathers. It's significant. It signifies the close, intimate relationship of a father to his child, as well as the childlike trust that a young child puts in his daddy. See, if God is Abba, Father to you, then you have this intimacy and this childlike trust into him and what he's able to do. In Galatians 4, 6 and 7, the Bible says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. This doesn't happen. This connection doesn't occur unless the Holy Spirit is involved in the mix. He makes it happen. No one becomes Abba Father in the natural. They become, uh, or a son can cry out to Abba Father in relationship in the natural. It's only by the supernatural. It's only by the Holy Spirit 
that we're able to cry out, Abba, Father, therefore you're no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Every time we trust in God and his promises, we're crying out, Abba, Father. Every time we live according to the word of God and obey the Lord, we're doing it by the spirit and not by the natural man. We're walking in the spirit so that we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It's because that intimate relationship with God, with Abba, Father, that you serve the Lord. The church police will not come after you if you go out and leave this place and live like a sinner. The church police will not come and arrest you. I will not throw you in pastor's court and and then suddenly you be thrown in some type of church jail. But what it's all about is you and I are faithful to God because he's daddy God, because he's Abba Father, because we have a relationship relationship and intimacy with him he knows us and we know him and he understands us and his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God whereby we can cry out Abba Father what a great example God is to us most of the people in this world at least those who do not irrationally who 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 not irrationally deny the existence of God, but will claim that all, all of us are children of God, the Bible reveals quite a different truth. We are all his creations, as people will say. We're all the creation of God. And under his authority and his lordship, yeah, well, they don't want to talk about that, but we're all God's creatures, his creation. But we're under his authority and lordship. And every man on earth, man and woman, will be judged by him but being a child of God and having the right to truly call him Abba Father is something that only born again Christians are able to do they can call him father but he's not daddy he's not daddy father he's not father God he's not he's not that intimate they don't have that intimate relationship with him they know about him but they don't know him and a lot of people will stand before God because they know about God. A lot of people is going to stand before God and be judged because they think they can go on mom and dad's religion. Or that they can watch a good little program on TV for a few minutes, suddenly feel good, and suddenly they're righteous. But your father knows where you're at. And your father knows what life that you're living. And what he says goes. It doesn't. Something I, I learned a long time ago. Just recently, at least maybe the past um, uh, eight years. It's the past eight years I learned something. There's the influence authority of Papaw. There's a license Papaw has. License Papaw has is that, hey, you come to my house, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. We've got jars set up in, on the counter at the house for all the goodies they want, that, and they go straight to it, you know. There's that freedom, that joy, that relax. But when it comes down to the serious things of life and the most important issues and determinations of life, what Daddy says goes. I mean, Papaw may say that, but if Daddy says this, this is the way it goes. 
and there's no crossing that line in grandpa kingdom daddy says it this your daddy says you can't do this if they want to go do it and daddy's already told me and mentioned to me and trend said i'd rather that lincoln not do this then all of a sudden i say well, of course i do a little bit of bail out here too you know your daddy says <laughs> you can't do it but i'm not undermining him it's the fact is i'd never do that I'd never undermine him. That's why as your pastor, I will never undermine God with you. For what the Father says about you goes. It doesn't matter how I feel, how much I love you and care for you or whatever, or if I think it's okay, what does the Father say? What does the Father say? That's what matters. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line of society is what the Father says. Not the president, the Father. Not Congress, the Father. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, not, not any other politician, but the Father. Not your co-worker, but the Father. Not your friend down the street, but the, your Father. Not your girlfriend, but the Father. Not your boyfriend, but the Father. And His Word is what stands. And it will stand forevermore. And I will never cease to tell you what the Father says. Outside of that, I need to shut up and sit down. I have nothing else to say. I have no right to say anything except what the Father has said. Now, there's great examples of nacho average daddies in the Bible. Adam could be considered a nacho average daddy. He hung around after the birth which is phenomenal nowadays. He hung around after the birth. And it says here in Scripture in Genesis that, that in Genesis 4, 1, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Having two sons, Adam teaching them how to survive, how to farm, how to care for livestock. The old song is, country boys can survive. And then taught them how to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And they, Adam did that. What do you think they knew how to do an, uh, an offering sacrifice from dad? They learned it from dad, from daddy. Noah could be considered a nacho average daddy. Just ask Leo. Oh, Leo, how is Noah, how is daddy at home? Huh? Lee? Oh, he's not saying anything, so it must be a-okay. <laughs> I've seen Daddy on Noah's face lately. Did you know that? I've seen it. I've seen it on, of course, Courtney too, but I've seen Daddy on Noah's face. You know what it looks like? He needs to lay down and take a nap. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. But Daddy's willing to sacrifice no matter what. All the sleep if necessary to take care of the son because that's Daddy. Your God has provided all things. He'll do everything. You can trust in him. So Noah could be considered a nacho average daddy, demonstrating the importance of listening to the voice of God for the salvation of his family, for the preservation of all life on earth. He even got his sons in on the project of building the ark. Now, I know some of you in your mind, you're already starting to think about all the failures, aren't you? 
Well, that's what's so great about God. God said you can be not your average daddy and still have flaws. You don't have to be perfect. Job could be considered a not your average daddy. He offered sacrifice to purify his children. Job 1 and 5 talks about while his children got together, had their parties together, Job the next day, that when those celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. But this, the Bible says this was Job's regular practice. Daddy, your, kid may have, your children may have wandered away and not at home and not serving God, but Daddy, offer up sacrifices and prayers for your children that they'll be saved. We talked about raising legends, and legends is all about influence. You've never lost your influence. Abraham could be considered a natural average daddy, a willingness to offer up his only son in his worship to God, saying, God, the creator is more important than the creation. God, the creator, that's what the world needs to listen to today. God, the creator is more important than the creation. Oh, we're, we are hotshot creations, but the creator is more important than the creation. Abraham said, God, you gave me my son, I'll give him back to you. God, I believe in you no matter what. And even though, Lord, he may die on this altar, he told the servant uh, that me and my boy is going to come back, that the Bible says in Hebrews, Abraham believed that God would even raise his son up if he went down all the way with that knife. That God would resurrect and raise him up. Because he believed in his daddy God. He believed in Abba Father. Joseph. Jesus' non-biological father. Sometimes I think we forget about what that guy really went through and how he had to deal with it. I was just thinking today, I wonder how the wedding went with Mary and Joseph. The Bible doesn't even say. But you'll hear of other wedding celebrations that would go on for two weeks. But there was no big party going on, probably just an intimate ceremony took place because everybody in town thought they were sinners and wrong, that Mary had relationships outside of marriage. And here's Joseph now going to marry her. What a shame. But here Joseph, he married her. He stayed with her. But Joseph is a, could be a nacho average daddy, even though he's not the biological father, because he would often listen to God that in the beginning days of Jesus on earth, he saved Jesus' life twice and taught Jesus a trade and taught Jesus self-sufficiency. Even though Joseph's name is not mentioned, Joseph was going around wherever Jesus, whatever Jesus did, there was Joseph. Raising legends is our calling as a daddy to make a difference in our world and God's kingdom. And it's all about influence every man in the house I want you to raise your your right hand raise it up raise it up especially you fathers you daddies in the room raise your right hand toward heaven and say this out loud let it be your prayer say this out loud God 
anoint my influence. God, anoint my influence. Third time is complete. God, anoint my influence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daddy is a priest in his own house. And where there's a priest, there must be a sacrifice. You don't have a priest unless you have a sacrifice. And so, daddies, I'm telling you to be the sacrifice. That you sacrifice, offer up sacrifices of worship and of praise unto God. Let there be prayer in the home. Don't wait for mama to do it. You do it, daddy. You start praying in the home and reading your Bible. Let your sons and your daughters see that you're the priest of the home and that you love the Lord God. And I will tell you, this is a recipe for healing your marriage too. You get tuned in with your daddy God, then what happens, you become more like daddy God and you become a daddy God wants you to be with your children. Oh, I didn't get a lot of applause with that. Thank you, Leah. I think I'll put up an applause sign. I'm just kidding. That's only on TV shows. Okay. But we're called to offer sacrifices of prayer. Sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices of prayer and thanksgiving. The Bible says that in 1 Chronicles 16, David, he rejoiced and danced with all his might as finally the Ark of the Covenant was coming into Jerusalem. He glorified God out in the, in the house, out in the streets. He glorified God and praised him. People, he probably showed some people how you really could dance if you wanted to dance because he was so excited about the presence of God coming into Jerusalem. But then the Bible says that it was carried into Jerusalem and when the people disbanded and went to their homes, he went on to perform his private duty for he told in 1 Chronicles 16, 43, then David returned to bless his household. He returned to bless his household. Guys, I want to tell you, if you got to drive a little bit before you get home from work, then start praying saying, God, I had to learn to do this. I had to reset my thinking. When I got off work, when I worked a secular job, I'd get in my car and I'd have a half an hour to drive. So I had a half an hour to pray to God and ask God, God, let me leave what I left behind behind. God, let me leave all whatever happened chaotically today behind. Let me go home. Let me find my wife. Let me find my kids. Let me love them and be a witness to them. And let me not be an old grump a disgruntled, tired old man, but I want to come in with life and joy and a song in my heart. And so I had 30 minutes of preparation before I walked in my house and God helped me to do that because many times I was aggravated. Many times I had a disagreement with someone at the workplace. Many times my boss would be on my back. Many times there'd be things going on at the workhouse, but I said, that's going to stay back there. I want to have the righteousness of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to love my wife like I need to love her and love my kids the way I need to love them and praise God, God met the need and God heard my prayer. Do it, guys. Do it. Not only just turn on the praise and worship music, but begin to ask God to help you. Talk to him. Talk to him. Then you'll be that man. You'll be daddy. You'll be daddy's home.
And we jump on down, the little kids, your children will at the door because daddy's come home because they're excited. And they'll pull on your leg. Daddy, daddy, can you throw the ball with me? Daddy, daddy, can you go out? Daddy, guess what I did here? Guess what? You know what? I tell you, those days are kind of gone, you know, with me. I don't experience that anymore. I miss it. I miss those times. So dads, I'm telling you, you're tired and you may feel worn out, but be daddy. Be daddy to your sons and your daughters. Be where they're at. Make time for them. Love them. And eventually you can take care of the cows. And eventually you can fix and cut the grass. Eventually you can repair something at the house. But for as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So I got to tell you, your kids are looking at you so importantly. You don't even know the influence that you had. You need to pray, God, anoint my influence. Anoint my influence. Glory to God. Dads, we're so blessed to have this opportunity to be able to allow God to transfer his blessings from us into our children. It's a spiritual thing. See, this isn't about, it's a spiritual thing. A spiritual thing. David went home after he shouted his shoes off out in the street. He come home and he blessed his family. We have the opportunity to bless. In number six, the worship team come on up. In Numbers chapter six, verse twenty-two through twenty-seven, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying." This is the way you should bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. And the Amplified Bible says, Protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you, with divine approval and give you peace a tranquil heart and life so Aaron and his sons shall put my name upon the children of Israel I mean call me a little radical but you're every time you bless, bless your children you're putting the name of Jesus on them the name of the Lord on them the name of the Lord God's favor God's favor. You've got a college student in your home that's wanting and studying, trying to succeed. You lay your hands on them dads and say, may the Lord bless you, my son. Bless you, my daughter. God give you favor. God give you favor. He bless you. Some of you, your children are grown and they're out of the house. Well, next time you get together, before they leave, lay your hands upon them and speak blessing upon them. We all want our family to be saved on the inside. We want it. But we gotta, we got to be radical on the outside. And have such a passion for God, dads, that you lay your hands on your children and bless them. Bless them before they leave. They won't deny you. Because God, you just prayed, God, anoint my influence. Anoint my influence. I grew up in a house where I had a man that I believe he loved me, but he never could tell me until his old age before he died. And I had to break the barriers, and I had to, I had to tell him first, and then I heard him say it back. I love you, Ronnie. 
It was my stepfather, and he was a provider, and God helped Bill. Bill, Bill married my mom. My mom had six, had five kids, and then they had another, Billy Sue. So I had six kids in the home, and he'd never been married. Bill come in there, and they were all lined up. There we were. All these mouths and all this responsibility and all the clothes and everything. But the greatest thing in this that I know he loved me in the way he could love me and taught me how to fish a little bit, so I've held on to that. And every time I go to the lake, I say, this one's for you, Bill. But I really didn't have the experience of being able to know how to express my love. You know, I, I, my mom, she, she dived in and she was probably more lovable than anybody could be. So I loved a lot of the emotion through my mom. But as a man, I, I didn't really know. So I had to lean on Jesus. When I became a Christian, I began to learn and understand the love that God gives and the love that I can give as a man toward family and serve the Lord. God's my greatest example that I can use and I can turn to and showing love to my family and being the dad that I should be. Be the daddy. You know, be the daddy, guys. Don't be father, sir. It's a place for that. No, I'm telling you, if they're saying daddy, then that they're saying I, I'm all in. If they say sir, they may not be all in. But when they say daddy, they're all in. And when you cry out to the Lord and say, Abba, Father, Abba, you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm your child and I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm in this relationship. I turn over to you. But dads, I want you to know that God will use you as he instructed and told Aaron, Moses did, to lay hands and to bless the people. Did you know the word blessing in Hebrew is to kneel? And I believe the reason why it's that you kneel down and receive because it's a humbling experience to receive, be blessed by God. It's receiving. It's a submission. And the Lord wants you to bless your children. I asked the worship team to sing this song. And I want to challenge you. I know a lot of us, we don't have our children with us. But some of you who are in the senior category... There are moms and dads that really, really, really need you. Because there is such an attack on the home like none I've ever seen before in my life. And children are being taught, or, and there's a plot to train and indoctrinate our children in the ways that's contrary to God's ways. So parents need to be prayed for, and especially dads need to be prayed for. God to help them to be the dad that they want to be. Would you stand with me? Now I just thought about it. The kids are next door. Why don't you go get the kids? You all sing a little bit because here I am wanting dads to bless their children and children are gone. I've separated them. But I want them to come over and I want to dads to be able to sing this song and let that be our prayer and blessing upon them let them gather around you your children and begin to bless them in the Lord some of your, your kids are here who are teenagers but let's just wait till all of them come in come on let's sing this song a little bit and worship the Lord how many guys here want to be not your average daddy
not your average daddy. Well, the Lord will make it happen. He's going to make it happen. Hallelujah. Go ahead, sing. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you. Children and their children, 
and their children. Oh, come on, it's something we're singing this. And the children are walking in the room right now. Hallelujah. I can see a generation coming in, being led by the Holy Spirit. These are the legends coming up. I can yes. sense it. I can feel the plan that the Lord has for them. May His favor shine upon them. May His face turn toward them and lead them and guide them. Come on, sing, May His favor. May His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your children and their children and their children and their children. Hallelujah. Generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. That's what I want you to do, dads. And those of you joining, thank you so much for bringing the kids over. But I believe that we can bless our children, dads, as God wants us to. Now, some, some kids may be here, and maybe their grandfathers are here, and their dads aren't here. Various reasons. Some because dad had to work and not here. So I want, to, I want to commission grandfathers to do this. But I'd like for husbands and wives and their children to find a way to get together, maybe form different places. We got lots of room in this room, in this room right now in the sanctuary. I want you to find a spot outside of the row. So I think we need to step out of a row. And I want you to find a, and form a circle in the family. So you can start on this end, around the front, all around, moms and dads and the children, the present, even as your kids are grown. Hey, the blessing favor doesn't stop. We want it to continue. We want to continue on and on and on and passing it on. So I want to encourage families, come on out, find a spot out in the open where you be together. And form a circle. There's room all around the sanctuary. There's some over here, up here, but please just please join in and do this. I believe it does the children a lot of good to see dad praying over them. Praying over them. I know yours is probably in the nursery, right, Gene? If you want to go in the nursery, you can do that and just pray over them. Whatever you want to do, brother, bless you. All right, they can come on out. That's fine, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the blessing, but I want us, I want, if you can, the scene, the words of that, I think it's the chorus that has the initial blessing, but the word of God says, the Lord bless you and keep you, sustain you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you and give you peace. And when they sing this chorus, guys, this is going to be your key the things to pray over your family, to pray over. If you want to lay your hands on your children, you do so, the laying of hands on them and pray this, this prayer right now. I tell you what, let's just pray it together. I'll lead it and then we'll sing. 
those same words and just begin to worship the Lord as a family. Dads, if you'll lay your hands on your children. Moms, if you'll lay your hands on your husband. And say this, let me pray anointing. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your anointing flow right now, God, as we want to pray your word over the family. In Jesus' name, bless. Lord, let this be a supernatural connection, a blessing. The fathers have been pouring out upon their children, a blessing. It's the anointing you've called them to be, Lord. Now, right now, dads, I want you to say these words out loud. If you would, no music at all. I want you to say this out loud as you lay your hands on your children, Dad. Say it out loud. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Go ahead and sing now. A worship as a family. Father, we glorify you. We praise you. Go ahead and sing now. Lord bless you. Hallelujah, Lord. Bless the families. We worship you, Lord. Make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Lord, bless you. Lord, bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Hey, dads, or shall I say daddies, bless your children every day. Lay your hand upon them and say these words found in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord will bless you and he'll bless your household. Will you give a round of applause, appreciation to all the dads in the house? I'm going to give some instructions on um, the nachos. But first, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to raise up holy hands and thank God that we have the right and the opportunity to celebrate mighty men of God today. Go on. Go on. Praise the Lord for a church. For, praise the Lord for a church or any church to where you start being able to see the anointing on a church like this hallelujah i am serious i'm not an emotional person well wait a minute I, i'm an emotional person and i feel emotional right now just thinking about the goodness of god that i see present in this room right now glory to god we decided to make raising 